Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Friday. It is August 14th, and uh, you are listening to another Cup of Joe podcast. I am grateful that you are taking time to uh, be present with me today as we open up the Word. You know, we uh, thought that we were finished with the feasts this week after finishing uh, the Feast of St. Lawrence on Monday and the Feast of St. Clair on Tuesday. But, you know, the church, in her great wisdom, decided to throw a curveball to us and gave us another feast today. And it's a good one. The Feast of Maximilian Kolbe, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe. And we will listen uh, and learn about his life a little bit during the reflection time. So, uh, gospel doesn't change. We will pick up where we left off yesterday. Jesus had uh, talked about forgiveness and uh, 77 times, and, and that idea of do we live in judgment or outside of it? Do we hope uh, to be within that uh, time of, of unforgiveness? Will it, will it be present again at some level at some point? Or do we say no, that there's never a time where forgiveness isn't present? Uh, and then at the end of that, he went outside of uh, the district of, um, of Galilee and went to the outer regions of Judea. And so we're going to pick up with that today. We'll be Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 to 12. So Matthew 19, 3 to 12. Let's open up the Word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read from the beginning? The Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so. Some because they were made so by others. Some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, again, a a pretty famous reading today, a pretty well-known reading, uh, and uh, and a a very strong reading. Jesus is not mixing words in it, and can be very difficult uh, to embrace it and and to, to grasp what he's saying and, and to grasp the truth of, of what he's talking about. So let's talk a little bit about sacred, sacrament of marriage, sacrament of matrimony, and annulments, because they all uh, come from here. And this is a very important reading for the church in that sense. 
So again, the Pharisees are coming forward and they're testing him. They're saying, listen, is it, is it okay for a man to divorce his wife? Moses let us. What do you think? Now, remember in that culture of the day, a woman <clears throat> uh, gained her, um, I'll say prosperity, but that's probably not a good way to say it, but was secure uh, because uh, within the relationship, the man was the breadwinner uh, and, and uh, took care of then the, the woman and children. And for a man to leave that situation, the, the wife and the children would be incredibly vulnerable because they did not have uh, great um, place and value within that society. And so for a woman, for a man, what, what they're asking effectively is not just about divorce, as you and I would understand it today, perhaps, but basically saying, can a man just go off and leave them and leave them to the destitution that will be, uh, will befall them most likely. So there's more than just the hurt and the, and the separation. Um, whereas today, you know, women and men both, uh, both work. Uh, there is value in, in, in both, uh, value in children. Uh, so it doesn't carry the full effect. Now, that doesn't mean we just discard the, the, what is being said here, not in the least. That's not what I'm, I'm trying to say at all. But I'm trying to add there was another layer to what is being tested and challenged here. But Jesus doesn't just go back to Moses. He goes back to the beginning. He says, listen, if you want to challenge me with Moses, let's go back to Genesis. Uh, and, uh, and what that says, and this is the basis for the sacrament, because he says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. The idea, brothers and sisters of the sacrament, why, why marriage is a sacrament is in a sense, because these two people, uh, put on, uh, flesh, uh, put on, uh, in a sense, we put flesh on God. And we know more about who God is because of the love of this man and woman. Uh, and because God's love uh, never uh, is ended. I mean, there's nothing you and I can do, praise God, to put ourselves outside of that love. Uh, and God will never wake up one day and say, all right, you know, Fred, you've, you've exhausted my limit of love today. I, I've got no more for you. I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving you. Come back tomorrow. We'll hope, you know, but, but today I'm done. That's not how God does it. God, God's love by, by the grace of God and, and the goodness of God is never ending. Even when we walk away from that love, God doesn't. And if this woman and man are to put on the flesh of God, and, and that's what sacrament is. It always is. It's, it's making God real, in, in flesh and blood terms here on earth, through food in the Eucharist, through water in baptism, through, through a priest looking at us and saying, by the Holy Spirit and, the, and on behalf of the church, you are forgiven. It's putting flesh on these values and, and realities of God. So that's what love does. And it says, listen, God's love never ends. So therefore, this union, this marriage cannot end because God's love doesn't. And God's love is life-giving. And therefore, life must come forward and forth from it. Uh, you know, in the, in the idea of children and not just idea and the reality of children. So anyway, that's the sacrament. That's what Jesus is saying is they're challenging on Moses' level. Moses, you know, did it. What do you think? He's saying, let's go back to the intention. 
Let's go back to the creation. And that's what this is. Um, but here's the important part, and I want to talk about annulments within this too, because this is the key. Um, so this is Jesus' words again. Because of the hardness of your hearts, uh, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, meaning not because of uh, that it was intended and good and intended within creation and within God's plan. No, it's because of the hardness of your hearts that he did it. But from the beginning, it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces their wife or husband, I'm sure, it, as it goes on, uh, unless, and now this is in parentheses, and this is key, unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery. So brothers and sisters, we can't as Catholics just throw this out. We live in a culture that has a, a very high divorce rate, um, you know, even up to 50 percent. I, I don't know if that's still true today. I know that was true years ago. So in, in that ballpark, uh, a high divorce rate and, and many will remarry. And, and we can't just say, ah, Jesus didn't mean that. Or let's just skip Matthew chapter 19. I mean, we can't just pick and choose scripture, so especially the Gospels. So how do we how do we understand that? And and the Church would say that parentheses unless the marriage is unlawful. That's where the whole idea of annulments comes from. You, you don't see that parentheses in Luke or Mark. Uh, you certainly don't see it in John. It is only in Matthew's Gospel. And because of that, the church uh, has this practice of annulments. Now, what does this mean? Unless the, the marriage is unlawful, does it mean it was illegal that they married in the you know, dark of night and nobody knew about it and it was against the law in that country? And that's, no, that's, that's not what it's talking about. Ultimately, what it's talking about here is were they fully free to enter into this marriage? And if so, or excuse me, if not, they weren't able to fulfill fully what the sacrament is inviting them to. And therefore, it wouldn't be the fullness of the law. And, and that's what we're talking about here. Let me give an example. If, as a Catholic, I got married outside of the church, uh, meaning I got married uh, by a justice of the peace. Let's say I went to Las Vegas and I got married there. Um, that would be quote-unquote, unlawful. And so for me, I would need, uh, if my marriage, uh, if it ended uh, and um, I wanted to get remarried, I would need to come to somebody like me, somebody like Deacon Dennis or Deacon Pat, somebody like uh, a priest, and uh, go through the annulment process. Now that one, the example I just used, is very easy. Uh, it's called a lack of form because as Catholics we are expected to be married in the uh, church. Now, that's an easy example. So let me let me look to, to others that are more, uh, I won't say more real life, because the one I gave you was very real life. Um, now, I want to say this too. You know, many people uh, are nervous about getting annulment because what it says is then that relationship did not exist before it and any children we have were illegitimate. And, and, it, and, and no, that's not it at all. What the church is looking at is, was the sacrament present within this union? Was it fully formed? Because if the sacrament was fully present, then we would say, how did it end? 
because God, if the sacrament is fully present, God uh, does not say no to us. And, um, and, uh, and, and so therefore, if we are fully putting the flesh of, of God on us and on our love, um, how, did it, how did it get to this other place? So what we look to is saying, was there something not fully present in one of the yeses that the, the woman or man gave that did not fully allow this sacrament to, to take place? And if so, we just need to name it. And, and therefore, it goes through a, 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 the tribunal, a church law, church court uh, is what the tribunal is. And, uh, and it is termed uh, annulled, meaning the sacrament wasn't fully present, and therefore this person is free to get married. So what would, what would inhibit our freedom to get married? Um, well, things like, okay, was the, uh, the woman pregnant or or uh, they had a children or child before that marriage took place. Hey, that doesn't uh, mean those children are, are uh, illegitimate or not good. They are always gift from God. God is the only giver of life. Uh, and so don't hear that. What it is saying is, did the fact that this pregnancy or the fact they had children bring pressure to bear on the couple to get married? And if there is pressure to bear... They weren't fully free to enter into that yes because there was outside pressure or interior pressure that says, I got to marry this person because of this situation. Uh, Or were there um, other issues that the man or woman said, listen, we've been dating for five, seven, ten years, and people are now putting pressure on us, parents, friends. Hey, just, you know, crap or get off the pot. Forgive the, the... cliche or, or get moving would you what's going on or interiorly we're thinking that or thinking man the next step is or maybe the man or woman says listen I, I've been dating you for five seven ten years whatever it is if you don't want to if, if you got to make a decision you know by next month or I'm out of here again all those bringing pressure to bear so a, a, a full yes is not um, is not given because there is this other implicit pressure, and I'm not fully free. Uh, last example um, would be, you know, maybe there were addiction issues, and, uh, and, and I'm struggling with that. And so I'm not fully free to enter into this yes that I'm giving here now, too. I mean, again, that's, and that's what we look at in the annulment issue to say, okay, is this person fully free to make this marriage lawful, meaning fully sacramental. Their full freedom and yes on both sides, both individuals, because when that happens, again, that fullness of God is seen within that. Boy, I went longer than I thought on that gospel, uh, and there's more there, but uh, just trying to help us understand this, uh, the, the sacrament of marriage and, and what annulments are and what they aren't. Uh, let me talk about Maximilian Kolbe quick, and then I'll be done. I know I'm going longer today. Um, thanks for your patience. But Maximilian Kolbe is worth knowing about, a, a, a saint for our times and, and of our time. Maximilian was born uh, in the um, late, late 19th century, uh, so I want to say 1894, and uh, was killed in Auschwitz in 1941, so really only lived to be in his upper 40s. Basically, when Maximilian was young, Mary came to him in a vision, 
holding two crowns, one white for purity and one red for martyrdom, and, uh, and basically invited him to choose. And he said, I choose both. And she smiled and disappeared. Because of that vision, he had a great love for Mary, went and joined the seminary at age 16, very brilliant young man, um, was ordained at age 24, uh, founded what's called the Militia of the Immaculata, and its aim was to um, witness uh, what religious life looks like in, in prayer and work and, and in, in uh, good acts uh, toward others. And he even began what was called the City of the Immaculata, one in Poland, because he was born in Poland, by the way, and one in uh, Nagasaki, Japan. Well, in 1939, we know what happened is the Germans invaded uh, it, with their blitzkrieg invaded into Poland. And um, they, the heads of all these organizations were selected for liquidation uh, to be killed because you, the idea of the Nazis was you kill the head and the, and the body dies. And so um, uh, Maximilian Kolbe, Father Maximilian Kolbe, was taken prisoner, and he was at Auschwitz. And, uh, of course, was, was being treated poorly. And one day, a prisoner escaped from Auschwitz, and the commandant uh, gathered everybody together in, in line and just walked through the line at random and chose 10 men uh, who would be killed uh, because this one prisoner uh, escaped. And as the uh, 10 were being marched away, uh, Maximilian, Father Maximi Maximilian, uh, who was prisoner number 16670, stepped forward and said, I would like to take that man's place. He has a wife and children. And the commandant looked at him and said, who are you? And he simply said, a priest. And uh, the commandant was dumbfounded, thought about it for a, a fleeting moment, and took the man. Uh, who had the wife and children. His name was Francis Gajanicek. Uh, forgive me for just brutally, you know, getting that name out there. Uh, and put Francis back in line and took Maximilian and, uh, and marched the 10 of them, including Maximilian, off. They were stripped naked and simply left to starve in, in their cells. And uh, instead of crying in agony and pain, uh, they prayed together and they sang together with Maximilian's leadership. Uh, on the night before the Feast of the Assumption, uh, which was, of course, how great, a Marian feast, there were only four left, and the Germans came in and gave them uh, a hypodermic needle in the arm filled with carbolic acid, and Colby was killed, and his body was burned alongside the others. Um, and I guess not only... Is that such an incredible, you know, again, you talk about sacrament. What a, he was a sacrament of Christ there, right? Uh, dying so that another may live. Um, and, and amazingly enough, when he was canonized by John Paul II, uh, Francis, and forgive me, I'm not going to say the last name again, was present in the Vatican uh, for Maximilian's uh, uh, canonization. He lived through it and came back to his wife and children because of Maximilian's uh, faithfulness. How beautiful that is. I mean, we know goodness in life when we see it, and we saw it there. Uh, and, uh, 
And that, brothers and sisters, doesn't just happen out of nowhere. That isn't just a moment of saying, hey, here I am, take me. Brothers and sisters, we have to prepare our whole lives for that. And Maximilian did. May you and I prepare our whole lives to be fully sacrament, our, our yes to be full to our spouses, to whoever is in need uh, of us uh, at that time. Let's pray. If there is someone or something for which you would like to pray, I invite you to call that to mind at this time. And let us uh, finish out our uh, joyful mysteries today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth joyful mystery, Jesus is found in the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Sorry it was a little long today. Bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, God's love and joy with you. And I look forward to us being back together on Monday, uh, ready to break open God's word uh, once again. God bless.